0: Welcome to another episode on international medical graduates and topics relating to their transition into training in the NHS. Today I have the lovely Dr Mawish who is a GP trainee in Yorkshire and Humber and is very much a self-starter who is passionate about helping other international medical graduates. I met Dr Mawish initially at the enhanced induction for GP trainees here in Yorkshire and Humber and was very interested in how she shared her perspective to new trainees but also to trainers about the challenges that IMGs face and I believe she'll have very interesting perspectives to share with us here today on our podcast. So today, Dr. Marwish will be covering a few topics on the experience of her transition into the NHS, common themes that she has noticed that other IMG trainees that she has helped support struggle with, as well as some new tips for new IMG doctors and trainees, um, and also talking about what resilience means to her as an
1: IMG. Dr.
0: Mawish, welcome to our podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Ray, for having me today. I'm very glad to be here today to talk about my favourite topic, the struggles of IMGs. For my own journey, if I just go back in 2019, when I started in NHS as a first grade, which the whole year it was full of struggles full of learning and my advice after the experience i had for the whole one year doing a trust care job is all the imgs are new to nhs always have some nhs experience before they go into a training post because it's very important to know that how nhs work it's not that you don't have that background medical knowledge you have done all the exams you've come this far you've been given the registration by gmc so you know what you're doing but the system which is totally different from how the system works in our back home countries so it's completely okay to feel out of debt when you start most of the imgs what happens when they go through when when they're struggling in the start they just lose the confidence the low confidence levels comes from different reasons number one obviously because they're in a different country they don't have that kind of a spot where they can get from outside even at the workplace if, if they're struggling unfortunately I've seen with many and I myself I've gone through the same rather than a system being very supportive to them especially when you're in know, a non-training job the system we create around them is a, a system we call I would say a bit of judgmental if they're struggling we are just very happy to label it straight away that yeah they're not good enough. They don't know anything. But the other side, nobody looks at the picture that why they're struggling is not because they don't know anything. It's because they don't know anything about IT. They have not used this system before. They don't know what the different people are walking around wearing different uniforms in the world, what their roles involved. So... It takes time. Uh, I think we need to build a kind of a environment uh, around them and be supportive for them when they start. Being kind and not being judgmental in the beginning of their first ever job will go a long way.
0: That's some really powerful messages there. And that was a really good point about building a supportive environment from the beginning. And I understand that you have been involved in delivering induction programs like the one we met at. What has your experience of the induction process for international medical graduates been? Uh, to be honest,
1: when you start as an IMG in a non-training post in the hospitals, the induction is really part. You you are in the induction told where's the fire safety, where's this door goes, where this and um, what's this button means. But you don't really get to know much how the NHS works for example in our trust EPR system was used how this system's going to be used so they they have not used that system that IT system in their life ever before and you just thrown that person in the ward the very first day yeah go deal with it (laughs) I think even when you, you've been working in industries for a really long time, even you change trust from one trust to another, it takes you a few days to get on with the things, with the new system. So how yes. can you imagine from an IMD who just have never used IT? In some countries, just it's still just paperwork. And maybe it's, it's just on IT, but it's, it might be just completely different. So yeah, th- those kind of things. But I, I'm, I'm very happy on the other side to see that um, most of the d have started this up. Enhance IMG inductions which are DNA. Is absolutely brilliant because this this is giving you a chance to convey the message that and coming from different perspectives that these are the things these are the problems they go through and let's find the solution and let's help them. So this has given a kind of it, I think a little light in a closed tunnel that we can work on these things. We had in a scheme GP now induction and in the induction that we we talked about things that if you're starting your training mm. so try to know your posts before whenever you're starting try to know what deficiencies you have try to know what kind of uh, unfamiliarity with the systems you have don't hesitate to escalate things don't lose motivation if you if you you don't know how things work there's always people there we signpost them to the people that are there these are the people you can go for help always knowing your rotation beforehand knowing what your weaknesses is walking hard towards them try to get more involved with your environment rather than just coming to work, do your job and go back. Because most of the IMGs, they're on their own. and They don't have their families. What they end up is being very lonely and their mental health does affect at some point. And that can be seen at a workplace as well. They do struggle at some point. There's a lot of things that we talked about in the enhanced induct. That, that was a very positive thing going forward. That's
0: a really good point. I really liked what you were saying about at the beginning, sometimes it might feel like you're in a really dark tunnel and a good induction could be the light at the end of the tunnel. I absolutely loved your your top tips for new trainees which are not being afraid to ask questions, knowing your rotations, knowing yourself and also being more involved with the environment around you to overcome that social isolation, which comes with moving to a new country. What do you think are your top tips for being involved with your environment? How do you do it?
1: What are your first steps as an IMG? It depends to person to person as well. I'm I, I was very introvert. I'm still I am, but I think the system has taught me to some extent to get involved. So mm. I was kind of a person who comes to work, do the job, but I did feel that that wasn't doing me any good. So even if you don't like to be very talkative at workplace or you, nobody's telling you to be there everywhere, but mm having having a chat um little things little gestures it just makes sense and it, it does affect you at the end of the day if you making a cup of tea for yourself just ask mm-hmm. one of the nurses people around you do you want to have one just be inclusive just it, it's gonna increase the bond uh, between you and your colleagues and also you're not gonna f- feel in isolation you you will build a circle around you who's there for you, and always respect your colleagues. For example, nurses—they—they they know the system better than you, know the patients better than you as well. In in some of the countries, obviously the doctors are um, considered to be gods, and then yeah, so everything comes after them. So here, everybody is equal. You're all colleagues. Find about the support system that you have in your trust or wherever your working place as well, and. Uh, believe in
0: yourself there were some really interesting points there but i loved what you were saying about there is a different culture in the uk compared to other countries about what it's it's like the hierarchy between different members of the mdt i also especially like the point the little gestures that that count and how making a cup of tea for your colleague can go a long way a question leading off from that is uh did you learn quite quickly how to make the
1: right cup of tea (laughs) (laughs) I love tea anyway so I never never find any problem with that because for my family when I was with them so I used to miss my family a lot when I came here so uh, to be honest with time uh, the people in the ward became a family for me so yeah yeah but if you're not a tea lover, coffee lover, anything, anything. <laughs> <laughs> Just a hot drink. <laughs> yes, it,
0: it would do. No, that that's definitely a hot drink when um when everything is getting a bit difficult around you is definitely a, a lifeline. I'd also like to bring it back to what you were saying about your reflection on you being quite introverted. I think it's amazing what you've achieved. You you talked about setting up an IMG support group
1: and you know was that quite out of your comfort zone for you if I be honest with you I was quite hesitant then I used to think oh I'll have to see so many people I'll have to speak to so many people and Mm -hmm. then I'll have to come out of my comfort zone but then when you Mm -hmm. think you come out of your comfort zone that that's when good things happen (laughs) that that was the one thing which motivated me and the people around me the IMGs we used to come in ask for help that I used to feel like they do trust me with the things they they must have seen something they want. They want to come and discuss. They want to come and discuss their problems. They want to come. They want to sit and find a solution together on a daily basis. I myself struggle with so many things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just being there for someone and being and someone there for me. We just sit together and find a solution together. It's just a kind of a building an environment which is helpful and not judgmental. I think even that kind of small kindness and a support is just, like you said, it goes a long way. That actually motivated me and let me come out of my comfort zone. Yes, let's do this. Let's do this. And then it just people, the IMGs, the, the, the doctors who were around me, they built it. I still don't think I built that structure. They were mm-hmm. the ones who wanted to have something like this. And they are the ones who built it. And I was just there. That's it.
0: That's really lovely. And I really enjoy listening to that process. And it is so inspiring and empowering to have this experience of building this safe space with other trainees who are going through the same emotions and challenges. I also understand, apart from setting up this IMG group off your own back, you also participated in a reverse mentoring program as well.
1: Yes, that's correct. So um, one of my supervisor and my first boss, when I was in GPS when he uh, actually signposted posted me and said, yeah, you you kind of like doing things like this. So this is something going on, but actually you should get involved. And when I had a look, I was just got really happy about it that there is something going on like that. I was this reverse mentoring program was like in words, the rule. With the junior doctors mentoring the senior staff mm. and in this instance with the aim of addressing differential attainment and that involved inviting junior UK and international medical grad- graduates from ethnic minority backgrounds to paired with training program directors so I was also paired with a senior consultant senior surgeon so a complete flip of the role and when they recruited the mentors, we prepared, exercises was carried out, and we had mentor-mentee meetings approximately every six weeks of our period of six months. And during this process, there was scope for the reverse mentors to share ideas and experiences during a midpoint review meeting. And mm-hmm. at the end of six months, what we did was like in a wrap-up session where all the participants came together to reflect on what has been learned and achieved how we can make things better so we used Mm -hmm. to have these regular meetings with them and after the meeting we made sure we give a good feedback and help all the mentors and mentees to value the close relationships that form and lead to a bi-direction learning but this did give me an opportunity to learn from the experience and leadership journey of my paid senior educators mentee as well and I really enjoyed the program. It does it help you develop the professional network, gaining career development insights and more intimate understanding of how HE and the training works as well. And I would encourage all the IMGs that always look for things like this and try mm. to be a part of it. it. does sound like a really
0: exciting opportunity to make a difference as an IMG and from what I understand it is also running again this year so definitely put some information on that when I upload this this podcast what do you think were your main learning points that you took away from the reverse mentoring program
1: I had a different kind of experience and my mentee had a different kind of experience because I was an IMG and he was somebody who was born, bred here, spent all his life here and he was a senior surgeon and I was a GP training, he was a surgeon. So, you know, even just looking at very minute details, so our mindset, our way of thinking, how we approach the things differently. We started discussing that first. If I, mm. I if I come into pressure, how I'm gonna deal with it, and but if he is in pressure, how how would he deal with it? Mm. So it was very interesting messages which were coming across. And then we discussed. What I learned is there there were still some issues. There were still some things that even even my mentee said that. He, he doesn't know that how to help an IMG when they're facing things like this mm. so I it was very interesting you know from the other side that they actually really think they really actually want to help but they yeah. don't know how to because yeah. obviously it's, it's it's a completely different bro- completely different problems but mm. sometimes they even can't find the way how to help them yeah. and how to approach so having feedback from another img which was me in that case which mm-hmm. i was a mentor to tell them yeah this i think if your pretty was struggling with this i think if you would have done this it would have really helped her so it it was very delighted to know those things and i was very happy to hear from the other side that oh yes they they are there for us That's really inspiring. And I guess there's just something about when you
0: see and learn about a different perspective, it does really help to contribute towards levelling the field for everyone, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely, it does. It
0: makes a lot of difference. That's great. You mentioned a bit there of your own personal challenges of moving to the UK. And I understand when you first moved here for your Trust Great Job, you moved here on your own first without your family.
1: What was that like for you? Terrible, <laughs> in yes. my word. Yeah, because I'm from Pakistan and I am from I come from a very tropical city, which is quite hot. And the first thing I didn't like, the weather. I was really depressed when I came. I used to miss my family. And then, yeah, I built my own family then. (laughs) I've got two kids. The life got busier and busier. And then I took a career break. Then coming back to medicine was a big challenge itself. It's not easy when you come to a new country that you can just make friends the next day. You can build that sporting structure the next day. No, it takes years and years. When I started my first first grade job, yeah, so having that kind of a career break of five years, I think it was a lot. But my motivation going back to do medicine was something which didn't let me down. And I really wanted to do it. I faced a lot of struggles when I started the trustworthy job. That's why I can relate when when the, the IMT struggle. And then that's when I say, yeah, I, I didn't find that kind of support at that time. I really want to do something about it. Why not? For example, in most of the countries, um, the job of, cannulation phlebotomy abgs and stuff doctors don't do it it's a mm-hmm. nursing job but here the least you can expect from a junior doctor to be really expert in all these things because this is your daily water world job but i've seen the imgs for example you stood there and you couldn't cannulate on your first job the news will spread like a fire the whole board and oh she can't cannulate or he can't cannulate but nobody know why he can't because they were not, never supposed to. They were never taught to do mm. this. It was not involved in their job where they got trained. So these were the kind of the things that then the doctor loses the confidence. They they can't build that kind of environment around them. Oh, I know a few IMGs as well who left NHS. Just because they, they couldn't feel that kind of a support. So everywhere we we need so many doctors. <laughs> and mm. why are we just kind of a great environment where we let people go. And so I faced those triggers. Then I realized that I was at that time I was angry. I was feeling like they're judging me because I couldn't kind of lay. But and from other side, the other perspective, you see, they expect me to have these kind of procedure and skills. Both sides Need to understand the challenges after six weeks I was the same person they used to call in the ward with a difficult ABG where the four people couldn't do it and then I used to go and do it but looking at my achievements and the things I did, I, I used to feel used to feel proud about it but if I had a kind of a behavior oh no I'm why should I mm-hmm. I would have not achieved the, the things which I have done so far or where I am so I always say that always try to find out your know, your weaknesses as well, Uh, try to adjust in the system. This is the demand of the system. And if the system requires, then try to achieve those skills that will make you strong, that will give you confidence back. You you will become a part of the system.
0: There's so many great points there. But what I really loved was how you overcame all the challenges that you had by having this learning mindset. And there is just something about we need to create these safe, non-judgmental spaces in order to encourage our international medical graduate colleagues to to have that learning mindset because if someone like you said don't have the confidence or feel shame you know how can we expect them to want to learn or want, want to gain these skills that, like you said, how can how can they be good at something if you if you haven't had the chance to practice it? And I especially also loved your point about the importance of managing the expectations from both the trainees and the wards perspective, especially when it comes to procedural skills and knowing when to ask for help as well
1: yeah absolutely. yep.
0: Yeah. We've previously talked about this, but I wonder was wondering if you could share from the reflections of your growth as an IMG what does resilience as an
1: IMG mean to you? As an IMG, you live with way more challenges um in a new country, no family, no friends, no spot circle, managing without any help and support, continuing the training and equally enjoying it, to be honest. And it does reflect a lot of resilience there. It took me years, honestly, to learn to understand the fine line between resilience and insanity. I've worked to an extent to impress people, to impress my seniors, that I made, I was completely burnt out. I, I do understand if we give up too easily on the things, we'll never know the power of resilience. And despite the difficulties, you keep coming to work if you have a family you're balancing the family life the work and you're always trying to do things that it never affects um, your clinical work and the patient's safety never becomes an issue and that's as a doctor your first priority but like I said there's a fine line you have to draw and for a good clinician it's very important to acknowledge that but unfortunately sometimes we we are trained as as a medic, you have to be just super good and you have to be just do these things. You, you just have to be there. And it's, I would say where resilience is really good to be as a good clinician, but it's also not a badge of honor to be gluten for punishment. Sometimes it takes more courage to walk away from a dysfunctional situation than to keep moving forward. If you think you have a workplace which is toxic, you're struggling it's not for you don't stay in some there's no doubt that resilience is useful in highly adaptive trade especially in the face of traumatic events but when it's taken too far it may focus on individuals on impossible goals you're trying to achieve things which you might be able to achieve at the end but you won't be happy you it will affect you and you just make some kind of a unnecessarily tolerant of unpleasant or counterproductive circumstances you're creating yourself which affects your mental well-being. That's where it comes to your assertiveness. That's when you have to draw a line what resilience means to you and what, what's insanity to be honest and a lot of medics are getting burnout out because they can't really find the fine difference between two. Yeah
0: well thank you very much for sharing that very powerful message. Also showing and sharing your v- your vulnerability as, as well I really appreciate that as we're drawing this episode to a close I just have three more questions to ask and my first one is what would be your main piece of advice to new or incoming international medical graduates
1: believe in yourself you're worth it and be honest to yourself your work respect your colleagues and learn about like we Discussed before about skills you need to work in NHS and always work on your weaknesses. Yes. And bringing it together with what you were
0: talking about resilience, it's the importance of being self compassionate and knowing when to say,
1: this is enough. This is enough, yes. Always, always look after your well being as well. You come first. (laughs) Yeah, for sure.
0: My next question comes from a quite different perspective. What advice do you have for educators, to IMG colleagues?
1: I would say try to look at the side of the picture as well. When trainees struggle, there's a lot of things that can involve in their struggles. So sometimes it's just the one-sided approach. I think when, when you try to get more inclusive of things that with the face, it becomes easier for a trainee and a trainer as well to understand what struggles they're going. And always being kind and trying to know what their struggles are is just goes a long way. <laughs> Yeah, that's something about looking from a
0: different perspective and not just taking a one-size-fits-all approach, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And the last question I have is, what advice do you have for staff members working in the NHS who work with new IMG
1: doctors? Be kind, and don't be judgmental. Coming from my own experience as well, there was a lot of IMGs who started the GP training in my cohort when they came to me and I've, it was just happening in front of my eyes, like, you know, we we were very, very quick to judge people on their skills and their things. But when it comes to help them, we don't have time. Sorry, I have to do this job. So give them some time, give them a few weeks, even a little sport, even a few kind words and see the difference. Because I've seen people just a little support, a few words of encouragement and not looking down. You could see the difference in next six weeks there, where they were. Completely changed the whole horizon. That's definitely very powerful and very inspiring to reflect back on
0: pressure that judgment can bring. And once again, highlighting the importance of creating these safe spaces for our colleagues who are simply doing their best in completely foreign environment, isn't it?
1: I think we, we do need to build that kind of environment. We uh, There's already a lot of environmental toxicities and we don't want that in our NHS anymore. <laughs> I think we, we need to kind of build that environment where a trainee or where a doctor, anyone who comes to work, feel happier. If you're happy at work, you're happy at home. If you're happy, it, it just works both sides. If you're happy at home, you will be happy at work. And you, you spend most of the time of your day at work, if you see. So you, you just... So that's where you build your relationships. That's where you take most of your positive and negative energies. If we all day, if not being kind to each other at workplaces, we're not giving some kind of a good vibes. And it's it's just so contagious that if I said something to someone, that person will go and say something to another one. So you, you pass the negative energies from one person to another and it just goes on. And if you're kind today, if if today somebody's been kind to me or somebody come to speak to me, I'll be kind to that person. And that energy goes one person to another person.
0: Yeah, spreading that kindness. I love that as a closing message. Thank you very much, Dr. Marish, for your time and for joining us on this podcast episode today and sharing all of these empowering messages.
1: Pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: again and thank you for listening to this podcast. The introduction and ending music is called Happy Day by Stock Music and was obtained from Pixabay. I would appreciate any feedback from you as a listener. Please complete the feedback form in the link attached to this episode and feel free to drop me an email or reach out via Twitter. I'm looking forward to hearing from you and I hope you have found this episode valuable in improving your knowledge around topics relating to international medical graduate doctors and their transition into the NHS. Goodbye for now.